Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara, and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. What is it going to take to make San Francisco truly safe for trans people? For one, stable housing. According to our Trans Home SF, one out of two trans people in the city have been unhoused. 70% report being harassed while staying in homeless shelters making one of the few choices for at least temporary housing unsafe for most trans people. Housing was a necessity that didn't come easy for Banco Brown, a black trans man shot and killed by a Walgreens security guard on Market Street in April of this year. And for Brown's chosen family, his queer community in San Francisco, his situation wasn't unique but an example of the worst case scenario when stable housing is out of reach. Homelessness is when you do not have rights to a space of your own. Banco never had a space of his own. My colleague and reporter Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez sat down with Binko Brown's chosen family to discuss life as a homeless queer person in San Francisco, Binko's life before his death, and what it's going to take to truly make the city a safe place for queer and trans people. Stay with us. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. 
Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. If you could just very um, briefly tell me a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself to folks who are listening with your name, who you are, and your relation to Banco. Hello, my name is Juju. I'm from the Young Women's Freedom Center. I'm a youth organizer. I officially met Banco maybe a year ago, but we have we share relatives. His nieces and nephews are my blood little cousins. So I've always known Banco, but we never spoke since about a year ago. And that's when I introduced him to my sister, and he became my sister's chosen child, and I'm the auntie. I'm Xavier. I met Banco through Young Women's Freedom Center. He became my mentee, and that was during the pandemic. We were focused on a lot of projects that were going to empower uh, trans masculinity. I wanted to make sure we had a group during the pandemic, like a peer-to-peer support group. Um, because the pandemic was very hard for a lot of transmasculine folks. Um, a lot of them were essential workers. A lot of them were creators that lost jobs. Uh, some of them were sex workers that lost jobs. So my focus was to empower those people and make sure that they were heard. And so Banco would come to those groups. Uh, That's Kazani. I met Banco through Young Women's Freedom Center as well. We just had amazing, great conversations, just always sparring with each other, bouncing back with, like, fun ideas. He was just a bright, outgoing person. Conversation was always immaculate, always amazing. He was a visionary. The struggle not only brought us together, but, like, I was able to, like, really build a relation with him based on, like, his gifts. He was very creative of his swag, his drip. Like, he was a trendsetter to me. Um, like, he was definitely inspirational to me, too. Like, you know, him being younger than me, like, I always share with him, like, bro, you you give me so much confidence. You give me so much courage for me to be me. He didn't even know it. But again, he was just natural at that. Whatever I remember of him is just drips, sauce, smile, hugs, um, goofiness. Did he crack a lot of jokes? Hell yeah, hell yeah. He funny. He hella funny. We always was direct. He pushed me to always have hard conversations, being honest, being honest. And so to have that and to tell somebody else to hold me accountable, I'll take that any day. Banco was in and out of homelessness. And I wonder if you could talk about what was what the housing situation was like for Banco and what you saw him go through. When I first had met Banco, he was housed at some point. Then later on, when we lost another trans sister in the community, Ivory Nicole, that's when, we, like, you know, stuff started to come out like, oh, he's looking for housing, he has nowhere to go. And it's only so much a person can do for an individual. It's hard out here, I've been through it. But for somebody to sleep on board and gotta blow time just to get up, start the day to go to the center, to get a $50 gift card or $25 gift card, no one's going to ever understand that. And when we're talking about sleeping on Bart, we're talking about Banco. Yeah, Banco. Yeah. You said you drifted in and out of it yourself. Can you talk a little bit about 
homelessness, like yeah. navigating homelessness yeah, and stuff. It's just yeah. hard. It's hard, and it's expensive. No matter what, being homeless is still expensive. I was homeless for about two years, maybe a year or two years. I was dealing with a dude, and um, it just wasn't working out. We were living in the car. I thought um, his his parents was going to take us in, but that wasn't the case. Then even shelters. Shelters don't protect you. Shelters don't protect my people either. Stuff gets stolen. There's fights that break out. People look at us like we're nasty. So it's things like that that we still have to navigate. Have you heard them say that? Yeah, I mean, I've had problems at the shelter. And you can't do nothing about it. You're going to lose your spot. So it's one of those things you got to shut up sleep, wake up, and do something productive. And so you you get called for housing, permanent housing. Xavier? Where do we start? Why don't we Banco first, and then, then we'll go into your, your own experiences. Banco never had a space of his own. Banco had been in and out of shelter, in and out of people's homes, sometimes even some people's own SROs. So let's really break down what that really looks like when you are living in a one room space with another individual. You do not have privacy. Nine times out of 10, uh, being a trans masculine identified person, especially being black, you have to render some type of services to stay there whether it be sexual, whether it be drugs. So when we talk about black men and being fetishized, Banco dealt with a lot of that. And so those people would be the people to take him in. I, I hear you kind of like nodding along, Zani, like, like you've been there. Have you been there? I mean, shit's hella complex. So um, for me personally, couch suffering always been my, my survival tactic. Since I can remember, of couch surfing, refusing to go to shelters because of horror stories I heard from former homies of going there and, you know, being violated. My mama, she went to prison when I was right after my fifth grade graduation, 2000. That's when the Hot Boy album dropped, too. So that, that summer was lit. And so, you know, like my mama was a big. She was she was surviving, too. And so um, her like being sentenced to prison, state prison. Being a young person, I began to pick up quick to hustle and survive. When your mom went to prison, can you talk about who, who else was there for you, if anyone? Or? Family, for sure. Immediate family, blood relatives. My mom got nine siblings, eight total that are living. I'm also born and raised in San Francisco. When my mom went to prison, they were figuring out. They system impacted. They in and out of jails, hella kids. So I just got a bed in somebody's house or whatever that looks like. In that moment, I just had to make sure I had to protect myself, take care of the things I have for the moment, and just keep trying to get through at 11 years old. And can we talk a little bit about Banco in terms of the safety? You know, obviously yeah. Banco went through you know, the least safe thing you could imagine with the most terrible outcome you could imagine. Yeah. How, what was Banco experiencing in terms of safety during this whole process? Banco was actually experiencing a lot of issues with um, violence happening in some of the places that he was um, trying to stay at. 
nobody's perfect, you know, especially when we're talking about community, right? Uh, people have all kinds of issues and trauma that they're that they're trying to live through as well. I definitely know that there were a few times where, you know, he was upset um, from violent experiences that had taken place. And what we all do, right? We get upset. We want to do something about it. Um, so, you know, really trying to calm him down to like see a, a different side of it for him to just move through um, the trauma that he was experiencing. Yeah, and I don't know how much you all followed kind of the public discussion of what happened to Banco afterwards. A lot of uh, what I heard was kind of a questioning of like, what did Banco's trans identity or black trans identity have to do with the shooting, especially when the security guard themselves was, was black. I wonder if you could talk a bit about, for people who don't understand, what does Banco's black trans identity have to do with what brought him there that day and what happened? And whoever wants to jump in, just ID yourself. And yeah, um, so this is Xavier. Or what, what, ha- what that all has to do with is when you are a young black trans masculine identified person, People see that he walks in, he's dark skinned, he has a, a hat on, a T-shirt, um, he has a, a little bit of a like a, a goatee or, or, you know, something growing in. And as another black man or being another man, there is a fight for power, for who is the man. For Banco, you know, the the thought process is you look like a little boy or you're trying to pretend to be a little boy because let's be clear, Banco had not had, you know, top surgery. He had not been going through that part of, of medical transitioning. So you have a masculine person with visible breast coming at you. You are going to now struggle for your manhood, I, I'm going to show you who's boss. It's something that for people that are even lesbians who are more masculine looking, there is a struggle between men and any form of masculinity that they can see to them isn't necessarily real. So it's a it's like a challenge. To it their- is a challenge. Mm-hmm. It very much is a challenge. I know this first experience. I've dealt with this my entire life. And if I can just highlight that is true, and these are cases that's not getting covered, and this is Juju speaking, of black trans men getting killed. I wonder if we can shift a little. I do want to know how support can come through from family. Are you at a point of acceptance with your family right now, and if you could touch on that. Me and my mother understand what's happening, but my father and my my siblings that my father has, uh, they're not, uh, they were only produced by my father, my father's children. They have a bit of a hard time. Um, and so we don't necessarily talk the way that people would think family should or relatives should but you know um, my mother respects who I am Um, my mother understands what has what has taken place um, and she's accepted that I mean they understand 
but very understanding. At first, it was tough. But when I told my mom everything and broke it down, I said, you don't want a dead child, right? And she kind of understood, and she had to take a step back. My father, on the other hand, he's more big on education. He didn't, he told, and he told me he don't care what I do. He wants me to graduate and don't ever be like so-and-so. I got it easy in a way, but I still had it hard, and I still struggled. Identity came into play, and it was still some some things going on at home. She understood. She knew, like, okay, as long as you're safe, you know what the protocols are, you know, and I love you. I just also wanted to say this, too, because there was narratives being painted. Benko do have family that do care and love, but there was, you know, at some point, Everyone went their own ways. So I do want to just say that on the record. He did have family that did care and love, but he was looking for looking for space in people's hearts to fill that void that he has been missing. Just because, Ani, uh, for me, my mother, she told me straight up, like, be you, son. Be you, son. And uh, for me... Um, that's a fucking privilege, like, you know, for someone who's being who who they are, like me, like, for my mom to just show up right away, how she was able to just accept me for me, it was just like a, a, a restart of our relationship as a, as a mother and son. She's just a gift to me, you know, um, and so what I've been doing with my folks is just like sharing my mama with them. You know, sharing my mama with them. When you mean you share your mama, do you mean you share your mother with other trans people who don't have that? Trans people, all people. People in the struggle, like, my mom just signs up, like, I love you. I fuck with you. And so I share my mama with my folks, and it's my duty to make sure to create spaces for folks to be themselves. What I wanted to ask you all, lastly, was about joy. Because we've been talking about hardship. We've been talking about really hard things. But the goal is joy, right? I mean, let's talk about the mechanical and let's talk about the heart, too. The mechanical part is, if you had these city leaders who are all talking about what happened to Banco, what would you say needs to change? And then after that, I want you to tell me what your joy looks like. Yeah, I'll start. Let's say Xavier. I would say what needs to change is the systems in how they construct homelessness. There needs to be shelters specific for trans masculine folks. There needs to be shelters for trans people, period. But trans men need their own space. There needs to be more black trans masculine leaders. There's nobody else that can speak about black transness except for black trans people. And how about the joy? What does your joy look like? Right now, my joy looks like, you know, the rest of the work that I do. The Bay Area Trans Masculine Calendar um, is doing a second premiere of a calendar that we started last year um, with a group of trans masculine folks to continue to ensure that trans masculine folks are seen um, and can uh, receive joy um, in seeing and having representation of themselves um, in all bodies 
um, in all forms of transmasculine bodies um, and in all forms of transmasculine and uh, different cultures and ethnicities. That's beautiful. Did you? Figuring out the funding, figuring out where money can go to. I definitely believe that there should be more programs for black trans men and even to my community. My femme queens, my dolls, we need to serve our kings, our trans kings. Sorry, I'm getting emotional as well. <laughs> and it's because I'm thinking about the joy part, living and then finding purpose, picking up someone else's purpose when they couldn't find their purpose. And um, knowing that I, I'm here and I can tell some, at least share some type of story for someone just to surface and hopefully helping the next person, next generation to continue to do this advocacy work. Kazani, changes you want to see and then tell us about your joy. More action, people need to really start, especially like these politicians, um, folks moving in power, like really, really start getting on the ground and get dirty with us. All the years of just, all the years I've been living and living in the city, I have not seen nothing that has been pivotal yet, specifically tailored to supporting trans people of color, um, people that are, are natives to, to Frisco, um, folks that are still here. It's so many things that we need. Um, it's so many corporations that, that's out going out of rent, so many hotels that's going abandoned. So like, how do we take those and we make those shelters, making independent living for folks um, without all the stipulations and the requirements, because that's overwhelming for our people, too. It's having to jump through these hoops and things and having to re-traumatize ourselves just to get a fucking bed. Come on now. We got to really redefine what is sanctuary in San Francisco. As for my joy, I really love what you said, Juju, you know, picking up somebody else's purpose in this moment. That's what it is for me personally, is just picking up some of the joy, the joy and the beauty that I learned about Manko and, um, what he was dreaming of, envisioning of, and how do you incorporate it, not just into individual people, but in community, in people, in organizations, in how we just do life, and learning how to grieve and love myself at the same time. Because like Xavier said, he is not the last person. And so while I'm still here, I'm building up my armor because I'm doing God's work. So would you say that Banco has influenced where your life is going? I think about his nieces and nephew. I really do every day. I wake up and just say their names and hope they're having a great day in the moment. That's how I carry him and that's what I think of, of him every day. Because again, trans people been here and we gonna keep coming. Like it or not, you, you gonna have to get on board whether you like it or not. We still here. We forever gonna be here. We take care of the village. That was KQED reporter Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez in conversation with Xavier Davenport, Juju Pikes Prince, and Kazani Kalani Fanau. Their conversation was cut down and edited by producer Maria Esquinka. It was edited by senior editor Alan Montecilio. The Bay is a production of KQED in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Talk to you next time.
Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.